Welcome to the podcast, Cannons on the Run, episode 40. A podcast centered out of St. Norbert Abbey in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm Frater Jonathan. And I'm Father Jordan. And we are here to talk to you about life in formation and all the things that we are experiencing as Norbertines here at St. Norbert Abbey. Where we are recording today. Yay. Reunited back in the motherland. It's <laughs> great. Father Jordan's not amused. <laughs> Well, where am I? Well, I had that experience, right? So, like, June, um, that one podcast that we had updating where we're at Mm -hmm. because we didn't get to anything. So, like, (laughs) we were a week in Mississippi. I was a week in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Then I had a a few days in Chicago, then back here. Then I just spent a week in Phillips. And I shared with you a story from last night. I woke up having to use the bathroom. That's right. And I was, where am I? Like, I had (laughs) literally no clue and feeling away around my room, and I, I, I didn't figure it out until I finally opened the door to go to the bathroom, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is where I am. That's pretty amazing yeah. that it wasn't until you opened the door. Right. Like, was there any amount of fear in you? Like, why can I not remember A where little I am? bit, because huh? I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom, so this is, oh. so I'm <laughs> like, but there was some urgency to this. But Functional fear, like, this is, this is serious, people, I need a door. Yeah, yeah, so... So yeah, I just I just chuckled at being in the in in the motherland. That's great. Yeah. I love it. Yep. But you get to stay back here for a while now, right? I do. I do. Yeah. Um, so this last week, I had my mass of Thanksgiving in my home parish, Saint Therese of Lisieux, in Phillips, and it was a wonderful celebration. The uh, whole town, it felt like, showed up. Just people. Uh, in my present life, so had quite a showing in Norbertines, which was really nice, and then people from my past life who helped form me, teachers and friends and family. And there was about 400 people in the church, uh, Catholics and non-Catholics alike. Uh, So it was just a moving, joyful experience for me. And uh, afterwards, just taking time uh, to kind of unwind and relax and spend the week up in my hometown, Mm. which was much needed unwind seriously i mean it was a beautiful mass you did a really great job and just it's a very joyful mass the people there was just good energy i heard uh some of our confers talking about there was just good singing happening within the congregation of everyone who was there at your home parish i loved being up north at this nice small town because after you know being in chicago for a while where it's just a different energy when you're passing so many people and you don't know people versus when you're in a town like Phillips, Wisconsin, I think I said it to you at one point. I was like, I love being here. People make eye contact and say hi, and we don't even know each other. Yeah. Well, I, that was so <laughs> it's weird. It's great. In like moving from Chicago back to De Pere, I, I thought, wow, like time has just really slowed down. But then being from De Pere and going to Phillips, I'm like, time has really slowed down because it is that friendly nature. Like going for a run, people wave to you from their cars as you're as you're running on the road. Or time moves slow because you can encounter uh, a stranger or somebody you haven't met for a long time, and you were just running an errand, and that errand took 30 minutes of conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just, yeah, being in that moment where, yeah, especially in Chicago, it's move, 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 move. Seriously. Don't make eye contact. Seriously. Don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> so then it was really good after such a busy month that you actually had it's like some serious downtime to literally slow down at your hometown. Yeah. That's so cool. 
So I was at that massive Thanksgiving with you to celebrate, which was really exciting. Great to have you. It was wonderful. I love, that was my first time in Phillips, Wisconsin. Wasn't it so kind of like Mississippi? Did you notice? Oh, that right. Because you had said that the the nature was similar, like yeah. the, um, the terrain. Right, yeah. right. The environment around. I could see what you mean. Yeah, like in terms of vegetation and stuff, the trees and just yeah. definitely also. Um, the word isolation comes to mind. Yeah. You know, like you're not surrounded by a bunch of buildings and stuff, you know? It's a lot more spacious up there, right. which was the case where we were going in Mississippi, too. Yeah. But there was no Waffle House. <laughs> True. No Waffle House. Gosh, that was great. So, yeah, I was there uh, in Phillips and had a great time getting to celebrate with our confreres and celebrate you up there. Your parents did a wonderful job hosting everyone. That was so delightful of them. And you all, it was wonderful. Um, and then, so at that point... I had actually just finished my class at CTU, my week-long class, learning about the Gospel of Matthew, which was great. Had a good experience with that, good learning. That class is all wrapped up and done, so that's nice. I'm still continuing my independent study with Father David Komatz, learning about pastoral counseling. The class mm. officially is called, I don't think I've said this yet, it's officially called Theology and Practice of Pastoral Care. So there's a we're using a textbook called Practical Psychology for Pastors, which has been really insightful and uh, looking at just just specific through a psychological lens, some things which I like so it gives a way to look at certain situations that a person might bring to you in a pastoral counseling situation and just giving some of the wisdom that psychology has of saying, okay, you know, instead of responding to everything with emotions, here are, you know, some realities of what's happening in the human mind, psyche, you know, dealing with depression, dealing with just different things, mood, anger, stress, and here are good ways to do that, to help to help people cope with that. So that's been really insightful. Um Wow, I'm glad it has a name, that it's not just give me the credit. <laughs> <laughs> You're calling my bluff. Yeah. yeah, Father David, like, we just have to take a class. I don't know, just make one. I need three more credits. <laughs> no, it's, it's really a fruitful class. I'm really thankful. It kind of landed in my lap. Father David was interested in teaching it, so it worked out great. Um, and then outside of classes, I am in, officially in a half marathon training plan right now for a half marathon that we're both going to run in September, right? Yeah. September, the Endurance Challenge, they do six, they have six different sites across the U.S. that they run, and one of them is in kind of southeast-ish um, Wisconsin in the Kettle Moraine State Park, Yep, which is beautiful, very hilly, um, so it's a trail half marathon, which I love, so I'm getting going for that because it's, I think, nine weeks out. But even those trail runs, like, um, I was talking to the principal at Notre Dame Academy the other day, and... He was talking about doing a trail run in the UP and just how different it is from road racing. You you use different muscles Seriously. because you're on that trail, so it's about stability and balance and all that. So, yeah, it should be interesting. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, we have some trails around here, non-road ones. I need to remember. I'm glad you said that. I remember to get training on some of those for my help my ankles, hips, all the joints, make sure they're ready for all the hip flexors. Huge. Uh, seriously, yeah. So then the other thing that I like to celebrate is that the little Prius that I drive around um, uh, most often of the community cars, the sad news was it got a crack that just crawled across the windshield back in June. I hadn't found time yet to get it fixed. Got that fixed. So brand spanking new windshield on that Prius. So it looks a little bit nicer now. A little bit more smiley of a car. Yeah. Any (laughs) bugs hit it yet? You got to protect it. No, but I am kind of waiting for another pebble to just bounce onto it because that's usually how these things work. You get it fixed within a month. (laughs) <laughs> just don't drive. Right. Yep. Just stay in one place. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the exciting things that have happened for me um, since our last recording. That's great. Yeah. So here we are. We continue we our do. Decalogue. Yeah. Want to read it? I would love to. 
Part 8. I actually love this one, so I'm excited to read it. Part 8 from St. Pope John the 23rd's Daily Decalogue reads, Only for today, I will make a plan for myself. I may not follow it to the letter, but I will make it. And I will be on guard against two evils, hastiness and indecision. Mm-hmm. So I love planning, so that's why I love this one. Yeah. <laughs> I have my little, I use a paper planner still, so I'll use Google Calendar for stuff that's good. Digitally, you can see it. But I also will take the time to use, you know this, to make, it's a weekly calendar that I will write in um, the things I'm doing, color coordinating, all that. It's great. I love that. So I love this because it's, it's what I believe. Definitely make a plan for the day. Um, what I've learned physically through that planner, to be honest, um, one way for me to embrace the fact that the plans change is doing things in pen with highlighter. And then when they change, like, there's no way to undo it. You just got to, like, allow there to be scribbles, like, the day. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's a good physical reminder for me to remember, like, this day changed, and that's fine. Like, here's the new things I'm going to do. And sometimes there's lots of scribbles because the oh. day keeps changing. And Yeah, that's where, like, Google Calendar is easy to keep that cleaner. So if you're OCD, that's much <laughs> better than the paper. True. You don't have to deal with the scribble. Yeah. But it's, it's a good exercise for me to remember. Yeah. These things change. That's okay. So because I just am wired to want to plan things, want to plan the day a lot, uh, this one speaks to me. I really focus on the words guarding against hasty, hastiness and indecision um, because I think it's really easy for me in wanting to make decisions and wanting to act to not remember how important it is sometimes to wait or mm. sometimes to recognize if I'm waiting too long when to act. So that's at least the overview when I read this, what speaks to me. How about you? What speaks to you in this one? Yeah, I really think about commitment and the need to commit oneself to something um, and, and with that, when you commit yourself to something and recognizing that you know, it may not go to plan, like being open to adaptations or, as they like to say at the seminary, uh, be open to the spirit hmm. and how, how the spirit moves, right? <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so for me, even on vacation, like it's kind of funny. People ask, oh, so how was your Independence Day? And I'm like, it was great. I did work. Hmm. Uh, where you think about vacation and and time off um i happened to help my dad with different side projects that he had which is uh kind of a relaxing thing because it's uh less it's less intellectual you're using different parts Mm -hmm. right so i'm not using my mind as much like school or preaching or preparing for mass and liturgy and things Mm -hmm. requires uh you're using more uh physical activity I like to think also that you just have a chance. It's easier to focus. Like there's a clear objective, right? Oh, yeah. Like when you're reading something to learn it, you're trying to, like, you're trying to figure out what is do I focus on? What, right. what do I focus on? Whereas chopping wood, you've got a clear focus. Do this well. Right, right. Well, and, that, and that's where even our running, I think, comes into play because it allows that contemplation, that reflected uh, component. And, mm-hmm. and, and this is what I think physical labor allows. I think some of the most spiritual people in our world have that that physical labor component to it because it gives them time to reflect. Hmm. Um, but thankfully, uh, we weren't chopping wood. It was already chopped and split, oh. <laughs> so thanks be to God. But uh, we needed to move this wood. So we were helping a family member move this wood. And as a part of that, we had to move equipment around, so a front-end loader and a dump truck. So I was driving the mm-hmm. dump truck, which is pretty exciting. Um, <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, and... And this takes time to move equipment around um, on country roads and things like that and going uh, distances. Uh, Like it can take 45 minutes one way just to move the equipment Mm. because loaders aren't exactly speed demons. Mm -hmm. Um, So what 
the agreement was was that this would just be a morning project, a couple loads of firewood being moved around um, from from one place to another. And it turned out we had to adapt that plan, that actually there was more wood than we anticipated. And what I thought or we thought would be maybe a three to four hour project ended up being an eight to nine hour project. And thankfully, I had nothing planned that day except that morning to help with firewood. But as it turned out, plans changed. And being open to adapt to that change of plans was, I guess, a grace-filled moment because we recognize, or at least I recognized, hey, you know what? I'd rather be on a lake right now. It's 4th of July. I'd rather be on a lake water skiing, hanging out with friends. But at this moment, we have this equipment here. Like, let's get this task done. Mm -hmm. And I think even if I had made plans um, to be on a boat out on a lake or something, I would have altered my plans to get that task done just because of how long it takes to move equipment around and things like that. But it was it was also one of those things of committing in doing this, right? So I'm on vacation, like calendars wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a desire to make plans with friends, but I also find that if I keep that calendar open and make no plans, that nothing gets done that day, that I end up... Uh, spending time on the couch watching, I don't know, Law and Order or something like reruns. And in what may have been a good intention for that day in having no plans or hoping to make plans ends up I just wasted a day doing nothing Mm -hmm. and nothing got accomplished. God wasn't glorified in any particular way. And uh, I was just a bum. Hmm. which sometimes Hmm. is okay but not all the time (laughs) right yeah well you talking about it that way makes me think of how you know we want our our rest our vacation our relaxation time to be intentional too so i like that you talked about you know god wasn't glorified that yeah because to me i heard that's where the indecision comes in you were talking about you know if you had waited like well something else is going to come along you know or "I, i want to do this instead or i well yeah just you talked about you know if you had just waited and hoped for something better to come along and not allowed yourself to make any kind of a commitment, you know, then that day really, it would be considered a lost day. I think that's a healthy way of looking at it. It's not that you were saying it's bad to relax. It's that there really wasn't even a plan to relax that day, you know, like the most fruitful days of relaxing are when you really say, this is a day for me. I'm going to spend it, you know, I'll sleep in a little bit. I'm going to go for a walk. And like, that's, that's intentional versus right. Being bummy on the couch and (laughs) waiting for something to come along. When you talked about that indecision and committing to something, that makes me think of a story that you witnessed this past spring semester when I was trying to figure out my ministry practicum placement for this upcoming school year. Mm -hmm. And uh, at CTU, um, for those who don't know, so we have, during our second year of the MDiv program, we have what's called a ministry practicum placement. And uh, they have places already worked out since it's the entire city of Chicago. They have places worked out, parishes, schools, organizations all over, that they have certain people who are trained as supervisors so that when we go there, they're aligned to the school's learning outcomes of what they want us to accomplish and achieve and experience while we're doing this for a year. So I'll be placed somewhere for a year um, for the next school year, and I go there for eight hours a week to do some um, observing, but ultimately to get experience and to help with ministry of some kind. So when it started... I had been talking to some others, to you, Father Jordan, and to others about, 
you know, what are some good places to look at? One that had been shared with me was um, a, a bilingual school in the Pilsen neighborhood called Cristo Rey Jesuit High School. And the more I looked into it, the more I was like, this school seems great. I would love, especially just with some of my own learning outcomes, it would be a really great experience for me. When we got the list of places we could apply to for our ministry practicum, that wasn't on the list anymore. So I reached out and I asked our field placement office, you know, is that something we still could? They said, unless you have a connection, no, really, it's not going to work. So I tried a few different ways. I reached out to them, didn't hear anything back. And ultimately, it just I realized, like, shoot, that ship has sailed. I don't think that I'll be able to be placed where I would like to. So what first started off as having a plan and being really excited about this plan, you witnessed, turned into extreme indecision, which I didn't recognize at first. It was like three weeks of not doing anything with this yeah i was i was thinking i'm like wow jonathan is really not into this at all like it was it, it felt yeah it felt like melancholy where I'm, I'm just like he's not gonna get anything at the rate right now right, that he's going right because there's an interview process so you have to it's better to apply sooner and they have lots of choices and you make four of your top choices so even if this were on there i still had to make other decisions so yeah, I really had to come to grips with recognizing, okay, this isn't going to happen. I need to apply to some others to some others. So, like you were talking about with the firewood commitment that day, I did finally decide, okay, I need to make a commitment here. So, internally I realized I need to apply to four and move on. So, I started to move on that. Within like 24 hours of me finally making that commitment, finally breaking through the indecision, I got an email from the field office, field placement office saying, "Hey, are you still interested? We actually found someone who thought they'd they'd be interested in being a supervisor. Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely interested. So things worked out, which was great. So that's where I'll be now at this high school for next year. So from this story, I mean, the first thing I think that I reflected on was recognizing the error and I think why it applies so well to this part of the Daily Decalogue. My error was that after my plan fell through, I fell into indecision because I just didn't want to commit to something. And not committing to something was actually really hurting me in the long run because then I just wasn't letting myself find other ones that I would really love doing or experiencing that or just moving forward with some kind of a plan. Like you were saying, the day was essentially kind of becoming nothing. Like I just didn't have anything to go with. The secondary thing that I learned, however, the fact that all of a sudden it just kind of landed back in my lap after I started to commit and look at doing these other ones was this reminder that I'm not in control of these things. God's the one who's in control. So even though I had said, okay, I need to move on from this and let that go, the fact that it came back to me as a reminder that God is ultimately in control, not me, of where these things are going. You know, you sharing that brings me back to the homily I gave at my Mass of Thanksgiving on June 30th mm-hmm. of just recognizing our call to discipleship and recognizing how, oh, I was going through life uh, just doing what people expected me to do as a person in my position, and I really wasn't following who God was truly calling me to be. And it wasn't until that tipping point of taking a risk and following God and pursuing uh, religious life with the Norbertines and priesthood that I didn't realize my full potential or have that sense of peace and fulfillment that God offers, right? Yeah, and I love that you shared that because it made me reflect on my own vocational call too. And I had a similar idea with this, this idea of commitment we're talking about that while I was teaching, I realized in my fifth and sixth year of teaching, I needed to really assess what was I going to commit to. And for me, that was at that, at initially I decided, well, I need to be willing to commit to this job that I was doing to teaching and commit to that community. Um, the ironic thing, and I think which connects back to my story about my ministry practicum also, is 
once I committed in my heart that I was going to continue to teach, and if you know I felt that God willed that I would teach there until I retired and I would live in that community, um, then I would stay there. I was okay with that. And there was that commitment in my heart of this is what I'm going to move toward and sort of make intentional internal and external motions of doing that. It was within months of making that decision that then I felt this strong call and a lot of different things lined up in my life of discerning a call to join the Norbert teams, which again, I think points to like my ministry practicum. We can have our plans. God ultimately has those for us if we're open to them. Yeah, yeah. Like that phrase, if you want to see God laugh, tell him your plans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a good one. When I first heard that, I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it must make God laugh a lot. <laughs> yeah. So in committing ourselves to a, a plan and being open um, to not following the plan exactly to the letter, I couldn't help but reflect upon uh, a reading that we had at Noonday Prayer today mm-hmm. from Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 through 11. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. And for me, this is a recognition that we're active participants in this, uh, in this God's plan of salvation and building up of the kingdom of God. And I think in seeing Isaiah and recognizing that, yeah, our, we can't fully grasp what God knows and what God has kind of set into motion, but we're active participants in carrying out um, what God invites us to and building up that kingdom on earth. And at the end of the day, we want we want like the gifts that God has given us to return back to God. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love the phrase that you use as God wants us to be active participants. I would say there's almost a tension in that, that we need to say, yeah, I'm making these plans. That's how the, this number eight starts with, to make plans, but you know, recognize that they might change, they might not go that way. So the making plans part is the active participation with God. It's when we think that's how it's all going to unfold, where we fall into a little bit of folly and struggle, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or where haste and indecision then start to come in as well, because we think that these plans need to happen, versus recognizing God loves that we have these expectations and hopes. Um, And then things might change, which um, you've brought up before, I think is a beautiful way to reflect on change, when the plans change, is instead of recognizing like, oh, my plans went wrong, instead to say, okay, the plans have changed how is God inviting me to respond to this change of plans? I think that's a really beautiful yeah. way, right? Is that a fair way to say it? I think so. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, just to see God's invitation when the plans change. Um, I think that's such beautiful language because, you know, um, I've heard many people who use this phrase before. I started to use it too, that when things would go wrong in what I had planned, if I had enough um, patience with the guidance of the Holy Spirit to remember, I would ask myself, okay, where is God in this? Because by asking where is God in a change, now it's not like, mm, this didn't go well or this didn't mm-hmm. go according to my plans. It's instead saying, okay, God, so what are you inviting me to right now? Do I need to slow down? Do I need to be more patient? Do I need to recognize that maybe, you know, what I had hoped for isn't what needs to happen right now? 
It helps me be a lot more patient. The only last thing I would say we would love to leave you with as our listeners is this kind of thing when it comes to, you know, plans and guarding against hastiness and indecision. It's not easy to catch it in the moment. So we were brainstorming ways of, you know, how do you go about trying to, you know, guard against these things or how to work on this. Um, And connected to the Daily Decalogue earlier, you know, spending time in good reading, spending time in prayer, good reading, meaning prayer, all that together with scripture as well. Just making sure that there's time in your day for that is going to change your approach to the day. It's going to change how you're spending your time. Um, And then in Proverbs, do you mind if I share those? In Proverbs 16, you pointed out, Father Jordan, two good verses within Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16.3 reads, Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. And Proverbs 16.9 reads, The human mind plans the way, but the Lord directs the steps. And I think that speaks beautifully to the active participation you were saying, that we plan, but God is within it. God is in it. God is guiding it. And if that's at the core of whatever we're planning, then we'll be making good plans. God willing. God willing. (laughs) Or if we make the wrong ones, God will redirect us and we'll be fine. As long as we're open to, as you said, as, as, as if we're open to uh, when the Spirit moves us, when the Spirit guides us. True, true. So those verses, amidst many, many, many in the Bible, are wonderful ways just to spend some time with prayer, giving our time to God to help check our motivations in the plans to make sure that they're made with God, not our own, but with God. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn more about Canons on the Run, go to www.norbertines.org, click on the podcast tab. You can also contact us by clicking on Contact the Podcast Team. You can also find us on iTunes. Make sure to leave a rating and review, Uh, especially if you liked what you heard. uh, Make sure to write a review for us. You can also find us on Facebook. Make sure to like us and follow us. All the good things. All those. Uh, I don't know <laughs> what social media is about anymore. <laughs> but Do the social media stuff. Yeah, stuff and things. <laughs> and as we continue to journey forward in our path to discipleship and planning our lives and planning to serve God, may we be open to the Spirit. And we pray for the intercession of Holy Father St. Norbert and Augustine. Pray, pray for, for us. us.